before us the opportunity to forge for ourselves and for future generations a new world order. Good evening, folks. You're listening to the Hour of the Time. I'm William Cooper. Chair is against the wall. The chair is against the wall. John has a long mustache. John has a long mustache. It's 12 o'clock, Americans, another day closer to victory. And for all of you out there on or behind the lines, this is your song. Time, weather, and... Always... Veteran of three foreign wars, entrepreneur, and warrior poet, Tony Arterburn takes on the issues facing our country, civilization, and planet. This is the Arterburn Radio Transmission. I love the story about Alexander the Great, about how when he went into India, crossed the crossing the Ganges River, and kind of came across some yogis sunbathing, and uh, one of the yogis would not get out of the way, and one of Alexander's lieutenants jumped down off his horse and said, uh, "You need to make way. Don't you know who this is?" whose army this is. This is Alexander the Great. He has conquered the world. What have you done? And the yogi says, I had conquered the need to conquer the world. And uh, Alexander threw his arms around the yogi, supposedly, and said, if I could be any other man, I would be this man. So welcome to the Arterburn Radio Transmission. We'll talk about uh, how the elites have not conquered their need to conquer the world. They're coming up with new ways to enslave us. And uh, I don't, I mean, I, I can't count how many ways. We'll go into uh, some of the new supposed areas of tyranny. But uh, again, I'm back in the Branson studio. It's been a while. And I'm sorry I haven't done a live transmission. I've loaded up some, some great paratruthers lately. Um, we have one that's going to drop sometime next week with myself and Chris Graves and Mr. Anderson on uh, the symbology of uh, Stanley Kubrick's 2001 A Space Odyssey. So that's a little a little diversion from my usual subject matter, but not too far off. I think you'll enjoy it. And uh, and I've missed the studio. I've missed Branson. We've been setting up the, the Denison location for Wise Wolf, but I've got Beans the Brave in studio, which means I've got my co-pilot, I've got my co-host, and we are broadcasting in defiance of globalist goblins, the neocons, the New World Order, the Build Back Better, Biden, Beelzebub, Baphomet, Bilderberg, Bohemian Grove, Bankster Bunch. And um, gosh, folks, I, it's, it's August 25th, uh, 2023. And I know I'm supposed to I'm on air and be really excited about politics for you. I'm broadcasting on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, San Antonio, which is uh, my home station. And, of course, WWCR, Worldwide Christian Radio, uh, shortwave across the globe. 
Um, but really, you're just my support group, all of you who tune into the show live and who um, follow the podcast. I've, I've mentioned many times, I, I just, you're my support group. This is a, a, a cognitive test to see, uh, is my brain still firing? Do I, is, is what I'm talking about still relevant? These are open questions. Um, have you been following the headlines? Am I supposed to care about most of what's happening in politics? I was talking to my staff, I was talking to my crew here at Branson, and I said, I don't even know what I'm going to talk about. This is like four minutes ago. I don't even know what I'm going to talk about. And I thought, well, maybe we can talk about the politics of Plato's cave. Does anybody know about the allegory of the cave? And the reason I bring that up is because I don't think we're looking at the same things. I mean, I look at headlines. I look at people that I respect. I look at journalists who uh, otherwise, uh, their judgment, I think, is state-of-the-art. And then I start reading what they're supporting or what they're not asking, like by omission, you know, like what was the Republican debate about, about how bad the Democrats are, I guess. Well, what about the, the real issues of our time? This is why I bring up Plato's cave, the allegory of the cave. It's a very important story. You read about it in the works of Plato and it's, it's a, it's again, a metaphor, it's an allegory, but you talk about it and Plato mentions these, these men who were chained to a log inside of a cave for their whole life. That's all they do. They're just chained to this log and all they, there's just a tiny bit of light that's behind them. And it causes the shadows on the cave to have all sorts of shapes. And if your eyes adjust to it, right. Um, you can get really good, I guess, whatever that means. You can become an expert as to what the shadows represent. And so that's how they measure, if you're chained to this log and this allegory of the cave, that's how they measure your intelligence, by what shadows you see. Well, in the story, one of the men breaks loose from the log and finds his way outside of the cave and then realizes there's this giant world out there and the sun shines bright and, uh, he can't believe it. So he goes back in to tell the other prisoners and like, this is, we got to break out of here. This isn't real. And he is just shunned by the group because he can no longer see the shadows. So he's not important anymore. So he's seen the wider world. His eyes are open. He can't ad adjust back to the darkness. So he's exiled. Well, I feel a lot like that. I mean, I don't know what the complete picture is. But I know it's not this. I know it's not whatever weird psychological operation that's happening right now. And I, I don't feel like my politics, or if, if you want to call them that, my, uh, my values, uh, what I see as important, are even being talked about at all. I mean, I mean maybe they bring up inflation, like how they're going to fight inflation but they really don't bring up how they're going to fight inflation. You can't fight inflation with fake money. It's, I mean, you can't, I'm sorry for you could, you can talk about cutting the budget all you want. You can talk about, you know, and, and I'm probably next week we'll get into what Jerome Powell talked about at the Jackson hole. He's hawkish now and the federal reserve has raised interest rates faster than any time in history. But folks, you can't cure inflation if you still got fake money. And every country around the world still has fake money. It's called fiat currency. It's not linked to anything. 
I mean, how many dollars are there? The answer is more. It's like, there's just more dollars. You can't cure inflation with more inflation or any kind of budgetary cuts or anything. It just doesn't work that way when you have fake money. There will always be a need to print more of them. It's why we have a fake reality. We have fake wars and fake politicians and fake news because we have fake money. It's one of the reasons I restarted my show and got back into this. But things have gotten so strange, and I know I'm supposed to talk about the debate. I'm supposed to talk about Trump. And yes, I agree. And this is a political persecution. I think it's a triangulation, though. I think I think Democrats, the globalists, and I'm I'm becoming redundant. <laughs> the, the the minions of of the dark lord. I, again, I repeat myself. They want Trump to be the nominee. Did you have you have you figured that out yet? He won't he won't go to jail. He's leading the pack of uh, all the Republican candidates, which is kind of like being the valedictorian of summer school now. I mean, there's not there's not a lot of great choices, uh, especially when you're you're joined by people like Nikki Haley, who um, one of the Valkyries loves war, just absolutely embraces it. Needs more war. Uh, there's an article up on. Summit.news I might talk about, about her um, affinity for Israel. And uh, in this time when we're seeing like our country implode, can we stop talking about other nations and like what we think of other nations and put this country first again? For, I mean, we haven't done it in my lifetime, but maybe now. No, it's, it's, a, it's dead on a right. Our politics in 2023, going into 2024, we've not yet reached a point of maturity, have we? We're not, we're not yet talking about the existential issues that are facing us. Not really. Because if we were, we'd be talking about a third party. We'd be talking, but this would be, remember 1992? I mean, why is that so far uh, fetched to, to think about, you know, uh, the, the Ross Perot reform party style candidacy. He had the highest amount of votes since Teddy Roosevelt ran on the bull moose party in 1912. I remember that was the first time I, I wrote a political paper and uh, I was 12 years old and my, my stepmother thought that my dad had written it. She actually got mad at him. Like, why'd you write his paper? And my dad's like, he, I, I didn't, he did. I was interested, but who's interested now? Like we're not, we're not engaging young people in politics. It's professional wrestling. And they're again, they're not talking about the real issues. It's brought to you in part by Pfizer, brought to you in part by Pfizer. The apocalypse is brought to you in part by Pfizer. And we're going to go into, uh, and I know I've missed the last couple of weeks, so I didn't get to talk about the supposed uh, lockdown 2.0 uh, that they're going to roll out. And uh, I think it's great. Let's let's roll it out. I, I want it. I think it should fall flat on its face. I think it should uh, should be. I think they should come out and uh, let their decree be known, and then watch how many people don't follow it or if do follow it. Right. I mean, you, you deserve, we the people deserve the liberty that we fight for. We deserve the country that we fight for. We deserve the country that we work for, that we, you know, we put our efforts into. Is this the best we can do? <laughs> Again, these are open questions. I, I, this is the politics of Plato's cave. I'm not looking at the same thing. 
and I and I'm watching in real time leading into 2024. Do you realize how bored I am already of 2024? Like you're not I know there's a ton of money to be made. You can grift all day long, you can do the MAGA stuff. Um uh, I watched in real time in 2020. And by the way, I voted for Trump twice. I didn't want to the second time. I just thought, man, it's really hard on me to do this. But I saw like little kids that were getting their MAGA hats ripped off their head and, you know, getting beat up by crazed leftists. And I thought, okay, you know, I I get it. I'm going to, I'm going to show up for the, for these kids that think that that are joining the political process. But I lost a lot of listeners when I said, this isn't going to end well. You did a lockdown election. It was mail-in voting. You didn't open up the rallies. You had the hospital ship Mercy that had not one patient. You had the Army field hospitals, didn't have one patient, and you still let this thing go on. You complained about it, but you let you know uh, Anthony Fauci run the country and these little petty potentates all over the place. You funded them trillions to keep everybody locked down. You said people were not essential. And I didn't think that would survive, and it didn't. And uh, I got a lot of hate for it. <laughs> so I lost a lot of listeners, which, you know, if, if, you're, if you're tuning in, you know, would you want to listen to the guy who knew he was going to lose listeners? Maybe his, maybe his analysis is worth listening to. I don't know. I lost, I lost a lot of listeners. I could see the downloads just declining. Like, I'm not, this Tony's, Tony's out, you know, he's got Trump derangement syndrome or something. Which is pretty funny because I was a huge supporter, wrote articles. I mean, I was one of the only candidates uh, that ran for Congress that all of all the candidates that ran, I was the first one to endorse. So I did all that. Uh, I'm just telling you now, we're, we're not in 2016 anymore, folks. This is a totally different world. And, uh, you know, (laughs) you're, you're, you're living inside the great reset. And the, again, the weapon of choice for the elites is to divide and conquer. You're fighting battles that aren't real. And that's exactly where the elites want you, fighting things that aren't real. I'm going to go to, uh, I feel like the lady on the plane. <laughs> I, well, you know, again, I, it's funny. I, I, I keep thinking of that. Like, uh, we need to get her on the show. She's a marketing executive in Dallas. Uh, she needs to do marketing for my company. Anybody knows her, let her know. I need some marketing done. Uh, because I, I happen to, I happen to believe her. I think, I think there's not, I think there's a, a, a class of people that maybe or may not be real. Uh, I'll go to the Rockfin chat here, uh, towards, uh, the middle, uh, part of the show here in about uh, 10 minutes and check on everybody. Everybody's got questions or if you want to, uh, opine, uh, join the, the transmission, you're certainly welcome to. Oh, by the way, I had uh, patience who worked for me. I said your name. I'm very sorry, patience, but uh, it's it's <laughs> anybody that calls the shop knows that who that is. Uh, she said that I should um, let everybody. I'm drinking tea, and I'm, of course I'm drinking out of my David Knight mug. And uh, she said that it's uh, should be tea time with Tony and uh, like a triple tea. And then I told her a story when I was a little kid. I mean, really little. Um. My mom asked me what I wanted for my birthday, which is the day after Christmas. And I said, I want a tea set. And she said, 
why? And I said, so I can invite people over and we can talk about doing deals and, you know, <laughs> we, can, we can converse and talk about ideas. I think I was three or four. Uh, not much change. Now, all of you get to have tea time with Tony. So I appreciate all of you tune in. All right, let's go. Let's just machine gun through some headlines in the uh, the politics of of Plato's cave, if you will. I'm going to skip Drudge because uh, I think I've, if I, I should have like a little meter that you could see, maybe if we could put in like a, some sort of AI, like floats next to me, like how much Operation Mockingbird I can take. And I think I'm right about here. So I can't do any, any more Operation Mock. I think I'm good on propaganda. So let's go into some articles that um, possibly matter. Um, we can talk a little bit about the BRICS too, the Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. They met uh, uh, this past week in uh, Johannesburg, South Africa. And it's just another, these are signposts on the road, folks, of de-dollarization. And if you're, uh, you can thank God Almighty for giving you a, a window of time to prepare for the loss of the world's reserve currency of the dollar. That is going to happen. I'm not wishing for it. I don't want that to happen, but that's going to happen. It's not up to me. It's not up to you. And it's certainly not up to any of the people that were on that stage that were that are running for president. It, it's That ship has sailed. And the uh, countries around the world that are banding together and joining the periphery of the BRICS, that's just a piece of it. But we're watching in real time. Uh, we're going to find out uh, if you know about Robert Triffin of the 1960s, uh, Triffin's dilemma about what happens when you're the world's reserve currency and you lose that status when those quadrillions come home. Quadrillions. Anybody, I asked the question the other day. I was like, does anybody know uh, how long ago a trillion seconds was? Because we talk about trillions like it's nothing, like, you know, a trillion here, a trillion there. Sooner or later, you're talking about real money. But a trillion seconds ago, does anybody know? Because you think that's a unit of measurement that, like, makes sense, like, logically. It's 32,000 years ago. That's a trillion seconds. A billion seconds is 32 years ago. That's more feasible. Like, you can think about a billion. Like, before we went into World War One. The debt of the United States was $1 billion. From 1776 to 1917, $1 billion. After World War I, it was $5 billion. So, you know, times five. And uh, still, you're thinking about manageable. And, you know, we still had a gold standard. We had the Federal Reserve, and they were starting to screw things up and screw with the money supply and create their own little fiefdoms and, you know, their own counterfeit machine. They had that going, but we were still had a gold standard. But after 1971, all the, all the knobs got ripped off. All the checks and balances are gone. And we're talking about trillions. Like when I was born in 1979, the debt of the U S was almost at a trillion dollars. Reagan mentioned it in his speeches all the time. He regretted the deficit. Uh, he presided over it, but that was a trillion dollars. So it's gone up 30 times in my lifetime. So you think about that. So a trillion seconds ago was 32,000 years. I don't know what a quadrillion is. <laughs> I'm not, I don't think there's enough numbers on my calculator, but I assume it's a lot. <laughs> and that's why these numbers will never get paid back. And it's why you need to start thinking about when you work, when you set out to take care of your family, 
how are you able to store wealth? Well, land's good, real estate, anything real. Maybe that lady on the plane was talking about the dollar. <laughs> Maybe that, that person's not real. Uh, let's go on. Let's go to uh, summit.news. I'll get into, I'll, I might get into some politics today. Be patient with me. I just can't stand it anymore. Uh, this is summit.news. Americans panic search live off grid as housing crisis worsens and Democrat cities implode. Isn't every city a Democrat city? What has piqued our interest in the sudden panic by some Americans searching live off grid on the internet is hitting the highest level in five years. The driving force behind finding a rural piece of land, dirt cheap, buying or building a tiny home, installing sol solar panels, and sourcing your own food and water might have to do with the worst inflation storm in a generation while Democrat cities implode under the weight of soaring violent crime. Well, what if I told you this was all on purpose? You know what Cloward and Piven is? It's like, you know, you look at the, this and those were economists who believed that basically you wreck the system to build it back better. Who knew? Yeah, in order to build something back better, you have to destroy it first. So a lot of people are starting to, the light bulbs going off, and they're starting to search for getting off grid, getting out of a city, buying a, 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 a piece of land, which I think is magnificent. I mean, this is a true, a true way to rebel. Think, speaking of tea time, you should always just have a little tea to throw in the harbor. Every day. Like, just little rebellions. It may not be a big thing, but just something to do that you're not taking part in the system. I love that about the spirit of America, like what made us great in the first place was nonconformity. It was the individual. It was, a, but it was, it was shared values, but the chance to actually be free. You realize how rare that is in history, how it's almost never existed. It's such a precious thing. That's why you have the price of liberty is eternal vigilance. And so you watch what's happening. Um, these aren't going to be solved by votes. It's going to be solved by your actions, like what you do. And I'm not talking about violence. I'm talking about you voting with your feet, using your pocketbook, using your uh, the power of purchasing, the power of ideas, discussions, what you consume, the food, the local ranchers you support, all of that. That's how you rebel. That's how you make the system Right? That's how you collapse the current thing, which is designed to enslave you, designed to make you poor, designed to make you dependent, designed to rob you of your God-given talents. Stepping outside of that is really important. These are good things. I, I have my property here in the Ozarks, and I'm very fortunate I, lo I love getting outside, especially when you're surrounded by all the EMF radiation and 5G and just modernity, the acid of modernity. Um, when you're surrounded by that, just getting out in the woods, just forest bathing and not having, you know, I, I didn't get to go out to my land this week, but only one time, which I feel bad about. 
uh been just running wise wolf and uh beans got to go though and um so that's a good thing beans beans just came into the office so uh i think we'll pick up the pace of the show she was <laughs> she was just handed me a story thank you Beans. um this is great and i think people are going to continue to be breaking away from the system that's what agenda 2030 is all about is getting you into these smart cities the or trump calls them freedom freedom cities 15 minute cities whatever they are these control grids or mega cities whatever the, whatever it's off the, to to rewild america as uh, per the elites and there's nothing wrong like we have lots of space for people we don't have a population problem well i mean uh, if you think of it in terms of uh, actually losing people, the only country in the Western world with a, a native birth rate above replacement levels is Muslim Albania. So we have a declining birth rate or a stagnant birth rate in the West for the most part, but we have plenty of land. We have a problem with how the, the cities were designed and we're watching this new uh, automated uh, economy emerge and you look at places like detroit which have been hollowed out and gutted and we've uh, pawned america's soul through free trade policies um the pouring of america right there's that great article i remember reading back when i first started radio and it had the two pictures of uh it had detroit in 1945 and next to it was hiroshima you know hiroshima is this smoking ruin detroit's this flourishing you know, metropolitan city, it's cranking out. It's the arsenal of democracy. It's the manufacturing marvel of mankind. And then it fast forwarded after decades of globalist policy infiltration by um, groups like the Council on Foreign Relations and the Trilateral Commission and so on and so forth. Uh, just so many wonderful think tanks. Uh, they hollowed out America. And it showed the new picture. It showed Detroit, which looked like it got hit by an atomic bomb which it didn't, it just got hit by Democrat policies and globalist policies and free trade policies. And Hiroshima is this, it's flourishing. Why is that? Well, it's on purpose, right? You, in order to take down, which was, we had a great country, still do, still do have a great, we're, we're held hostage right now. It reminds me of uh, something, one of my favorite movies is the movie Nixon by Oliver Stone. and. Um, I've, I've, what was that? Um, the guy who played uh, Jr. Uh, on Dallas was playing this character named Jack. He was uh, an oil guy, and uh, <laughs> he says, "Your country needs you, right?" We wanted him to run for president against JFK in '64, and he says, "Unfortunately, the country's not available right now. It's really not available to us right now. Uh, we're waiting." Right. This is uh, letting this this current system cycle out and uh, people have to get fed up enough and we're just not there yet. So keep that in mind. All right. We're going to we're going to keep jumping around. Oh, actually, I'll go to the I'll go to the Rockfin chat really quick. And uh, see how everybody's doing. Oh, thanks. we got 31 watching over on Rockfin. Thanks, everybody. Jason Barker, Barker's in the chat. Always good to see Jason and uh, Rhonda Tate. Patrick S. is in the chat. Are you guys going to uh, New York City? That's another thing. I haven't plugged enough. 
uh, New York City. We've got Free World NYC. I'm going to be along with myself, and uh, you know, we've got uh, Charlie Robinson, uh, Richard Gage, uh, the great Don Jeffries, uh, Billy Ray Valentine, Wayne McCroy, John Brissom, and others uh, will be speaking uh, in New York City. Uh, coming up on the anniversary of, of 9-11. It's on September 9th, and uh, that's going to be um, the main topic, but I, I'm putting together a, a presentation. Uh, I can't believe it's such an honor to be part of that panel, uh, and I'm looking forward to it. So it's my first time in, in in New York City, actually proper, like going out and seeing it. I've I've flown through and you know stopped at the airport on my way to <laughs> different different foreign wars, but I've never actually gone through the city and uh what how else should you see the city but through um through uh, meeting billy ray valentine in person which is one of my best friends that i've never met and i'm so very fortunate so go to eventbrite.com and uh and check that out it's i think we've still got tickets on sale uh you guys come see us and you and live in person and ask me anything you want i'll be uh talking about uh my personal story of post 9-11 and anybody who's listened to my show for a while knows that uh you know i was part of the first army unit on the ground after 9-11 and so the, some of the things that i got to see up close and personal and uh, being a part of uh, the uh, invasion of iraq on the tail end of that as well and um lessons learned and what i know now and uh we'll we'll get into some of the Little hidden stories and uh, little cul-de-sacs, you know, of 9-11 truth, which I'm proud to call myself a 9-11 truther because if you're not a truther, what are you? You don't like the truth? Uh, is it offensive to you? Uh, do you not want to know why uh, three buildings collapsed into their own footprint and there were only two planes? Do you want to know about that? Uh, I do. And uh, some people have an aversion to it. It's how... You internalized it, and uh, it's easy to digest. I get that, um, but that's not uh, that's not the world I want to live in. You know, where I have everything just kind of fitting my narrative. If I get new information, if I'm presented with facts, uh, then I change my mind. It's pretty much that simple. Uh, I've I've always tried to be open minded, and uh, something that the great the late great Jim Mars said, "This is your mind's like a parachute. It works best when it's open. <laughs> so I, I tend to, um, I tend to, to be swayed by evidence and research. That's how I got here. That's how I got to alternative media. It's how I, I have my own radio show. And, um, yeah, it's a very niche deal. That's not for everybody, but I definitely got here through research, history, uh, reading, and um, talking to some of the smartest people in the country. All right, well, let's, let's continue to, uh, well, here's, here's something right up my alley, and this is something Patrick Wood over on Technocracy News put out. I've been looking at this article for about a week now. Um, but you're starting to see, and this is part of the technocracy, folks. This is part of the Great Reset. This is gold. Central bank gold demand soars to all-time high. Central banks, right? Why are they buying gold? That's weird. Central banks create fiat currency 
wouldn't they just store their own currency? <laughs> wouldn't they store the thing that they say is valuable that you should chase? You know, they got that great song, uh, The Rich Man North of Richmond. And uh, I didn't, you know, when, when I restarted this show five years ago, uh, or maybe it's been a little longer, I I couldn't see that it, we would be this, the, the accelerated path. I didn't know that we'd be here this fast, but can you imagine somebody talking about, and I can't use the word because we're, it's a family show and we're on uh, terrestrial radio, but your dollar ain't the S word, right? It's not. That was not a thing. You know, I didn't hear the words when I, mean, I was a small group subculture of people. Like when I ran for Congress in 2013, you talk about fiat currency and people are like, what? Or you talk about the Fed and people are like, what do you mean the Fed? Like the, the government? That is, the language has become ubiquitous. People start to understand. You know, there's a there's a, a shift going on. It's a that's why it's so important. This is a spiritual and a psychological war. It's a war of the mind. It's a war of ideas. And you can think of me as a foot soldier in the war of ideas. That's what I do. So when I'm bringing you these kind of stories, I I try to look down the road to see what's next because that's how you can anticipate you know, uh, major events. This is the biggest story of our time. There's going to be a giant, again, they tell you, so it's not like I have to imagine it so much, but there's going to be this reset. And uh, the philosopher Nietzsche talked about the transvaluation of all values. Well, this is a revaluation of all currencies. That's what this is. So you look at the technocracy.news, central bank gold demand source to all-time high. The largest gold holdings of the top six central banks in the world are in tons. And the U.S. is first, Germany, uh, then Italy, France. Uh, France has 2,436, the Russian Federation 2,239, and China 2,113. The U.K. only has 310 tons of gold, but China is expected to keep another Two to 3,000 tons of gold off its books officially. So what does this mean? Gold is not dead. Central banks love gold and are positioning for a post-capitalist, post-Great Reset world. All told, central banks hold more than 35,000 tons or about one-fifth of all the gold ever mined. So, and this is Patrick Wood. He says, I have stated... Uh, many times that modern globalization is a giant resource grab at the expense of fiat currency, which are mathematically guaranteed to collapse at some point. It's so important to remember this, what he's talking about, the mathematics of it. It's mathematically designed to collapse. That means that you are living inside of the biggest Ponzi scheme that could be possibly imagined, right? You can't fathom how big it is, but it is, right? It exists. And so the game of the elites is to, to keep the money velocity going. You know, you, you do what society tells you to do. You work really hard. You go get an education. You get way into debt. 
and you go find a job and you pay off that debt and you get a mortgage and then you get a 401k and you work really hard and then you pay all those things off and then you live for a couple of years before you die. You know, save for retirement. I had some people come in the shop the other day and it's like, why would I buy gold or silver? I said, do you save anything? I said, oh yeah, I have savings. I said, why would you save dollars? I mean, it's lost its purchase. And since 1913, it's lost 99% of its purchasing power. Why would you put that in somewhere and save it? Uh, gold, on the other hand, uh, an ounce of gold buys the same amount of commodities that it did 100 years ago. Buys the same amount of food, buys the same amount of land, same amount of oil. Why would you save dollars that continually lose value? Because the elites want you to do that. Because while you're doing that, and keeping the money velocity going and hoarding those dollars. They're not hoarding dollars. The elites don't hoard dollars. They don't do that. They buy assets. They buy assets and they borrow against them to fund their lifestyle. You know why they do that? Because debt is tax-free. The world is built on debt. It's an inverted system. You're told to get out of debt. You know, get into it, then work your whole life to pay it down. Get out of, you know, pay that interest back. They love that. But they're not <laughs> they're not ever going to tell you the real story because it would kind of uh, flies in the face of what they do right that they on the other hand are the ones who make the rules right the golden rule he who has the gold makes the rules so remember that and i've brought this story up before i know but it's just again we're watching the implosion of the dollar the loss of the world's reserve currency status. I can't think of a bigger story other than World War III. And we'll get into maybe a little bit of that. But that is something to watch, ladies and gentlemen. And again, uh, we're brought to you by Wise Wolf Gold and Silver. And we've got the Wolf Pack. If you think you can't afford uh, gold and silver, go to wolfpack.gold. You can afford gold and silver. We've got a $50 a month plan. Uh, and if you're a kid, if you've got a kid in your life, you want to uh, sign them up for Wolf Cub, it's 35 and uh, we're packing the packages right now. It's going to be shipped direct from Branson, Missouri. We've got our location in Denison, Texas, buying stuff, and I'm stocking up the uh, the inventory. We're doing that. We're building a parallel system. We, we, I invite you to join it. I invite you to go to wolfpack.gold and check it out. It's guaranteed delivery, real precious metals to your door, not paper. Uh, this isn't a promise. Um, and we're not telling you that you're going to – we don't – the word investment's not on my website. There's a reason for that. Because gold and silver, in my opinion, aren't really investments. They're money. That's why central banks are buying gold and breaking the records. Guess who's not buying gold, though? You done? You guessed? It's the U.S. The U.S. government hasn't bought gold since the 50s. Why is that? It's because we're at war with gold. We're at war with value. Central bank, they don't want you uh, buying into the real precious metal sector. They don't want you owning actual money. You need to chase those green pieces of paper. You need to chase the petrodollar. When you got, you got Joe Biden telling Saudi Arabia that we're going green and uh, cutting off the uh, Keystone Pipeline, um, there goes the petrodollar too. So not really good news there. All right. Let's see. Uh, let's, let's, this is, 
Okay, this is right up my alley. Let's get into this. Ethan Huff over on Natural News. I, I, I always follow his articles. Uh, don't always follow Natural News, but I do like Ethan Huff. Says, Biden wants Americans to get another COVID booster shot as he schemes to unleash COVID 2.0 in the coming weeks. Well, let's talk about this. Roll up your sleeve and get another boost of Wuhan coronavirus COVID-19 vaccine. Well, actually, when I was at the American Liberty Awards, I don't know if this guy's listening to my show, you need to reach out to me because I want to have you on. I, I didn't get his contact. Everything kind of got chaotic at the end. But anytime Trump's name would come up, he'd just say, Warp speed. I mean, he'd yell it out. I mean, his girlfriend looked mortified, or it might have been his wife. I don't know, but he's he, just a younger guy. He's like, he did it. He did it. I mean, he just would not let it go. And I, I was laughing. I thought it was pretty funny. Um, because we forget about it. You call it the COVID 19 vax, and then you got, uh, you know, the Wuhan stuff. And I get all that. But the calls are coming from inside the house, folks. Let's, let's lay blame where it belongs. And if we're not, then you're just telling me that you're really good at seeing the shadows inside the cave. Okay. And then I don't respect you. <laughs> the, the big guy and his cabinet want all Americans to get yet another coronavirus booster shot before autumn arrives because another new quote, quote variant of the Chinese disease. And Ethan Huff uses those words. These are Ethan Huff's words, but I still like him. It's said to be circulating or will after everyone get boosted right its name is ba 2.86 <laughs> this is the variant uh its name is uh, did they run out i thought i thought that they were doing pretty good with omicron i mean it sounded like a cross between a transformer i know it's greek but uh it like a it was like an orson wells mercury theater like the omicron it came from space uh its name is ba 2.86 and there's, there are several others, EG.5 and FL1.5.1. <laughs> oh, you can do better. They've got to roll. They need to get central casting back in here. They got to get the writers involved. Maybe they got a writer. Is the Hollywood writer strike? Is it keeping the globalists from manufacturing the news better? They got to do a better job. Even though uh, infections and hospital admissions remain low, according to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control, the Biden regime is insistent on that Americans sign up for the next jab as quickly as possible at warp speed. <laughs> well, there you go. Government career criminal Tony Fauci says that Americans should be forced to take another booster. Otherwise, the Fauci flu and many variants and subvariants will continue to spread everywhere. <laughs> Did you see him lately? He talked about, he's like, you know, we've got a nice uh, lockdown. It can be necessary to slow the, uh, the hospitals will be overwhelmed. And I kept thinking, you know, I, uh, I happen to have a pretty good memory. Uh, God bless me with that. Or maybe he didn't because <laughs> I keep thinking I can remember all this stuff, which makes me seem insane because I'm thinking, wait a minute. You had the hospital ship that didn't see anybody. You had the army hospitals, the, the field hospitals, and they didn't see anybody. Yet it, you keep going. Like Remember, they were, they're burying people in Central Park. No, they weren't. 
but we're doing it. It looks like it's coming down again. Uh, latest COVID booster shots will allow Big Pharma to boost its profits amid waning vaccine demand. Drug giant Moderna has confirmed, according to its own internal data, that its later, latest booster shot for COVID is effective against the uh, the Iris and Formax subvariants of the disease. I, I didn't know about these yet. The newest Moderna booster is not yet approved for use in either the United States or Europe, but Reuters says these approvals are a shoe-in and should come in the next few weeks before Moderna's next earnings report. Oh, and that's so convenient. Uh, as many predicted would happen, the government wants to make COVID injections an annual event, much like flu seasonal shots. Wait a minute. I thought the flu was dead. I reported on this. I, I filled in for David Knight. I, I was in Austin at InfoWars. This was the end of uh, 2020. We got to report that the flu was gone. And it, this was, uh, part, it was part of... Uh, the the daily mirror and you had like other uh, there was other outlets like reuters and saying that it was the flu was 97 percent eradicated i mean for the first time oh but it's back and you got to get your shots are you getting any of this yet folks i mean uh clearly uh you're gonna get to this is a this is a cognitive iq test they roll it out again, and I I think that they will. I I, I was really leaning towards uh, climate lockdowns or a combination of, uh, and I think that because they learned that people will do this. You know, we just we'll send you a, a check. You're not essential. You know, we'll give you twelve hundred dollars, uh, for you to go and you know uh, do Netflix and chill at your house. You know and. <laughs> That's that's people people did it. There was a great uh many people who did. And then, you know, again, we look at what happened afterwards, the aftermath of the rollout of warp speed, um, the complete implosion of our supply chain, uh, inflation. I mean, folks, inflation is baked into the system, but this just made it worse. And um you have 80% of all the dollars ever created. Well, it gives them cover. You know, if you've got a looming financial crisis, which the elites knew, you know, but right, right about the time that they were rolling out uh, event 201 with your friend, Mr. Gates and uh, the CIA and uh, the Chinese and um, Johns Hopkins, which was like the 20th simulation that they'd already done about that time you had, the largest exodus of CEOs in history of multinational corporations, just taking those golden parachutes and leaving those companies. I wonder why, what kind of Intel did they have? You know, the intelligence community and high finance, it's hard to see where one ends and the other begins. And that's, there's a reason for that. Those two things go together, right? These are the same entities really in the same circles. So watch these trends. And again, don't, 
don't really watch what they say so much. Watch what they do. The elites know when something's on the horizon. That I think that was a, another reason why you started off the Great Reset. I mean, the real, the, you know, the decade of 2020 leading into where we are now. We're three years into the decade of the Great Reset. There's a reason that you had a lockdown. There's a reason why you have a scapegoat, right? Michael Bloomberg said it best, you know, he's criticizing the farmers. He's running for president. I think he spent like $150 million. Oh, the rich are different. Uh, as uh, Hemingway said, yeah, they have more money. He's definitely, um, he's definitely different, but he said that and Bloomberg said that uh, they would go get the guillotines. Remember we have to give them the UBI. We got to get them the universal basic income or they're going to come after us with the guillotines. Well, this is what this is all about. You got to blame the climate. You got to blame COVID. Right? It would be better if I think it's a branding uh, idea. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that you know what? I'm going to pretend I did that on purpose. <laughs> that that's a new branding idea. We should call it COVID 23, as my friend, friend, the great Don Jeffries says. What happened to 20? What happened to 21? You skipped all of them. And I'm going to use that. <laughs> that's my new, that's my new branding idea. And we'll have to put that, we'll have to edit that into the show and make a little light bulb go off, but I didn't mean to hit that button. Um, yeah, the, the, the government wants to make COVID injections, the annual thing quote, if you're fully vaccinated, get one more COVID shot says the pedophile in chief himself. <laughs> Biden was uh, then seen taking his fifth coronavirus injection. All right. Or at least this is what they want the American people to believe, since we cannot say for certain whether or not any actual needles went into his arm due to tricky and deceptive camera placement. Quote, if you still need a booster after being fully vaccinated and still need to get tested after being fully vaccinated and still need to wear a mask after being fully masked, vaccinated and still get hospitalized after being fully vaccinated, it's probably time to admit that you've been conned, one commenter wrote after a never-ending COVID circus. It's not a pandemic. It's a pandemic, wrote another. Yeah. Um, it, it is a, it's not just one thing. It's a money-making scheme. It's a power grab. Uh, it's control. It's depopulation. It's all those things. It's all their favorite things, right? Remember, you know, you look at somebody like Bill Gates and he's like, if we do a really good job, you know, with vaccines and healthcare, we can get this number down 15%. He's talking about population growth. And that number at 15% would be a billion people. Well, you guys know what I think. I will not shut down any of my businesses. I will not shut down my gym. I go on record now. Um, you can just bankrupt me. I, I'm done. I, I'm not. I'm not living in the world where uh, I'm. I have any kind of wealth, but I have to adhere to this system. I'm not going to bow down to any of these demonic things. I'm not going to go quietly into that good night. I've lived a nice life. I've been very fortunate. It's been a. It's been a ride. If this has to be the point of no return where I'm just like, well, that's, I lose everything I have because I won't stand, 
and, and in line for my next jab or to receive my government check or to be told that I'm a good little boy and then I can stay open because whatever president, Republican or Democrat is in charge, whatever globalist shill thinks that uh, they have the power to control the economy and tell people that they have to shut down. I'm not, I'm not going to shut down any of my businesses, period. That's it. Uh, and anything short of that, we can't be friends. I'm not going to be in my, and I don't understand, like I love building things. I love what I've been able to do with my gold and silver business. I, I love what I've been able to do with my gym and, and other things and other ventures. I'm proud of those things. Uh, I'm humbled by them. I have a lot of, nobody's self-made. You have lots of help. But I got to create something and it serves a purpose, right? That's what we're supposed to do. It, mean, it doesn't mean you have to build a business, but you make something of yourself. You, you create a life. You create a family. You do something, anything. You have to be, that's the reason that you're here. You're created in the image of God. God's a creator, right? But if you are going to go along with this system, if there is a new lockdown and we start doing this all again, and there's, you know, what well, he created a billionaire a day. But what's the point if you don't have freedom? What's the point of all of it? If you don't have liberty, if you don't have the dignity, to serve a purpose, which is what they want in the new world order. They want you to be a cog in a machine, live in a pod and eat bugs for Greta. Well, no, I won't go into that reality. I will not be proud of the amount of cheese I've collected as a rat in a maze. And that is the final word on that. So just in case you were wondering, what's Tony going to do? Well, if, if it's lockdowns and it's tyranny, I'll just stay open until they revoke everything I have. And then maybe stay open some more. <laughs> You'd be surprised how stubborn I am. Because what's the point of it, right? Um, I need another one of those buttons. I didn't even know what that button did. And then I hit it and it was like, here's an idea. <laughs> I like that. We need to get one uh, where I, I, I hit the button and Beans pops up because she's over here I, and she's too far away. I, I don't know if I can get her up in, in the lap before we close. Um, but let's talk about gold and silver prices. I'm so glad everybody uh, showed up today. And uh, I promised it to keep the stream going. It's been a while. I know. I know. Uh, it's, I'm starting to, to calibrate and reach some equilibrium between the, the traveling back and forth. And so we got wise wolf, golden crypto shows coming up, new paratruther next week. Uh, just appreciate everybody. So let's go over gold and silver prices. Uh, there's a reason why gold is doing what it's doing. Uh, look at, uh, gold at 1,913, 1913, uh, kind of ominous. Uh, but at 1,913 Luciferian Bankster notes per Troy ounce, the LBNs, ladies and gentlemen, 1,913 Federal Reserve notes, fiat dollars per Troy ounce for the yellow metal. Silver is up uh, nine cents at $24.22 per Troy, Troy ounce. And if you know anything about loss of purchasing power, if you know anything about the history of silver, that's dirt cheap. 
Silver was $50 an ounce in 1980. I wasn't even one yet. It's $50 an ounce. That's like $250 today. So go check out silver. Go to wisewolf.gold. Go to wolfpack.gold. You can afford precious metals. Go join the pack. There's no contract. You can even buy one time now. So go check that out. Keep the uh, Keeps the show on the air. Uh, because believe it or not, we're essential and so are all of you. And as if we go into some weird thing in the fall, which you never know, I think there's, I think there's some evidence to point to, but don't put it past them. I mean, <laughs> it's like I said the last week on America Unplugged. I'm like, you realize the Joint Chiefs of Staff had a plan to, to, to nuke the moon, right? They're going to drop an atomic bomb on the surface, they wanted to, to deliver a payload to the moon in the 1950s to show uh, that we had weapon superiority. <laughs> so you just never know. Don't put it past them. Uh, stay frosty, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, have a great weekend from uh, Beans the Brave and myself and the staff here at Wise Wolf Gold and Silver. Take care of each other. End of transmission.